Ryan Seacrest reads out a message from Deleep. Uh, he's like, and this is from a, a caller Deleep to to uh, his beau, their beau, Max. Uh, you know, get to L.A. Things are about to get hot, nuclear hot. And I'm like, that is the least coded, coded message that anyone has ever <laughs> said. You just said what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> like, you literally could have just said, like, from Deleep to Max, can't wait to see you in L.A., winky face. Yeah. And like... <laughs> Like, that should have been enough. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by the lovely Cyan from Overly Sarcastic Productions. Cyan, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> Now, every episode of this podcast, we, of course, listen to, listen to, watch a movie of the guest's choice and talk about it. And that's why, Cyan, I only have one question for you. Why did we watch Get Smart? Um, We watched Get Smart because I really like the movie and I haven't seen it in about five years. And Blue, when I mentioned it, was like, oh, yeah, I think I watched that movie. And I was like, all right, we're doing this one because it's a good movie that I haven't seen in a while and I want to watch again. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's it's certainly a it, it's a a, a class. It's a very um 2008 movie, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it because there's a lot of <laughs> very 2008 things it in it. Very 2008. <laughs> uh, but we you know we open to really to really hammer that point home. We open on a variety of fun themed uh, logos, all all of which sort of tie into the the spy ambiance of this this film. Uh, for those of you who weren't watching a lot of movies in 2008, this is how many action blockbusters would start, and it would just be very uh, curated logos. And I, I for one, miss this. I think more movies should have fun, fun opening credits, but <laughs> I'm not in charge yes. of UI design. Honestly, like I feel like the credits took. I, we were watching the credits. I'm like, God, this feels like it's almost like a quarter of the movie is just the opening yes. credit scroll, and like it's not, but like it feels like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and we sort of transition from the credits seamlessly into jumping around to a bunch of satellites and sort of honing in on different illicit activity throughout the the criminal underworld. All the, all the big players that you would expect from the um, American mindset of 2008. You know, you've got the uh, the Russians, the North Koreans, all sorts of fun stuff popping up there. And uh, intercut with that are, are scenes of a man waking up and going about his day, uh, an apartment coded in sticky note reminders, including that his <laughs> test results are today. Um, that he needs to get a new goldfish, etc., etc. Um, like the tank is so clean, it makes you wonder what happened to the old goldfish. Yeah, it it really it's it's you know it's one of those like four word tragedies. You know, like a baby okay. shoes never worn, <laughs> goldfish bowl goldfish. never used. <laughs> uh, but so we we then get to see his face. It is of course uh, the main character, Steve Martin. Listening to Naturally. an ABBA hit, Take a Chance on Me. How are we feeling? Just kind of a sidebar about the new ABBA song. <laughs> Very timely uh, movie choice. Very timely, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Considering they started putting out music again. I, for one, am thrilled. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I'm really down with this recent resurgence of like bands from my childhood slash yes. younger adulthood being like, hey, we're back with banging music. I'm like, I'm yeah. here for that. It started with the Jonas Brothers and Big Time Rush, yeah. and now we're fully moving on to ABBA, and I have no problems with this. But uh, no, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, keeping that good vibe going, uh, 
you know, he's Mar- uh, our, our main character's name is um, Max Smart, we'll learn, mm-hmm. is uh, walking into the Smithsonian Museum of American History with a big old stack of papers going about his day. And he finds himself standing in front of a, a classic James Bondian spy suit and a display labeled Control. And a, a tour guide helpfully informs us that this is a spy agency that was disbanded, quote unquote, at the end Naturally. of the Cold War. <laughs> A theory that is immediately disproved by the movie because Max will then walk into a secret door in the museum and then several more doors, several of which pose a serious uh, struggle for him to get through. He frequently yes. gets trapped by these security doors, I guess, in this secret hallway. Uh, as he, I, I, I feel like they're just for show. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Control agents were like building their secret underground lair and they're like, mm, you know, all those spy movies, who, how they have like a bunch of doors? We need to have a bunch of doors, but they weren't exactly sure how many doors were necessary. <laughs> yeah, they really like went all in and it seems like it's more of a hindrance than anything because the, the, yes. the control office is not just housing field agents, but also like the bureaucratic side and like the tech boys yeah, people who yeah. may have difficulty like running through several doors every morning. It just seems like a design flaw from like an office standpoint. But I feel like there's probably like a secret second door that most of them use that's uh, A, not in like a very populated museum and like B doesn't involve all those doors but I feel like Max is just like no I gotta mm-hmm. this is what agents do <laughs> yes and also I I a secondary sort of like tied up with this because at the end of the hallway of doors there's a telephone booth that serves as a secret <laughs> elevator and I have a lot of yes. questions about this because you know if if he had first stepped into a telephone booth and then encountered the hall of secret doors then I would understand why the elevator had to be disguised. But if you've yeah, yeah. made it to this phone booth, you've already <laughs> passed through several secret doors to get to this one. And the phone booth looks very out of place. So it's sort and of... Like, <laughs> it seemed like they had like, I mean, obviously they didn't show it, but like they had like little scanners by the doors. And like, yeah. it seemed like he was like prompting them to open by like some sort of ID. So not only did you have to get through a bunch of like sealed ID doors, then it's like, oh, a phone booth. And... I don't know about you, but if I were to sneak through a bunch of secret doors and then see a phone booth, I wouldn't be like, oh, weird that they have a phone booth here. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a secret entrance. Like, it's exactly. not doing anything. <laughs> the phone booth is literally just for fun. I like to think that, like, they were building the building and they're like, oh, you know, we're a spy agency. We got to, we know we don't have any street entrances right now, but it'd be, it'd be kind of fun if we, like, added a little decor, a little bit of a design mm-hmm. scheme. Um, a secret you know, phone booth. character that is missing from this movie um, guy who does interior design for spy agency. Yes. yes. I feel like he's in there and he he's like, he's agent one. He's, he doesn't yes. actually do any work. He just aesthetics out the whole place. Exactly. I, I want his job. Uh, but you know, uh, Max makes his way down through the, the elevator phone booth and, uh, kind of asks the front desk lady to talk to maintenance about fixing it. And Judy, the front desk lady, immediately sasses him. It's great. She's not relevant at any other point in the movie, but she's there. Um, uh, no, false. When The Rock first shows up. That's true. She does. She has a brief moment with The Rock. Uh, Max notices a fly 16 floors down and asks how a fly even got in here, which felt like a leading question. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd for spy stuff. So immediately I heard like, oh, a, a bug where it shouldn't be. That's no ordinary Ooh. bug. <laughs> But it, it sort like of Max. flies off screen for a bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Max, um, how do you pass your agent exam if you're not suspicious of a bug? Yes, question everything. Uh, but but as soon as Max gets into work, uh, Terry Crews and... and um, <laughs> Which, like, I forgot Terry Crews was in this movie until he shows up in that scene. I was like, 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, the cast of this movie is kind of stacked with a lot of people who are like very famous for other things now, but they just happen to also be in this movie. Because um, it's Terry Crews and uh, David Kochner, who is, yeah. you know, well, also quite well known in the, the comedy scene. And they are two uh, field agents who are heckling Max for, you know, having taken the field agent test an eighth time. Uh, they are Bruce and Lloyd, or not Bruce and Lloyd. We then meet Bruce and Lloyd, who are sort of mm-hmm. the geek squad for control. They're the tech guys. They build all the gadgets. Max's main friends. <laughs> Max's squad. Um, and after they kind of talk at him for a bit, we hard cut to the rock entering the scene. <laughs> all suave. It's typical suave, big typical agent. Typical <laughs> suave, big agent 23. Everyone claps for him as he enters. He catches the fly with his hand and throws it into a trash can. Uh, <laughs> Max, which, like flies have no mass. Like, no, they don't. Which you, was the second clue that something was up with this fly. It was so sus. I was so sure that this. I so for context, I'd never seen this movie before watching it ah. yesterday, um, and that's why I was like, oh man, this fly, sus. It's gonna be important later. Um, mm-hmm. Max and asks, like, <laughs> kind of, but like, kind of, but like, as far as throw away. away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Max asked him how the assassination went, which feels like a weird thing for a spy agency to be like straight up saying like, no, we were, we had to assassinate someone, but they rolled with it. Felt and like m- everyone seems, well, I don't know if like, cause that does kind of lead into Max's character. Like maybe he just knows about it cause he's always up on everyone's intel. Yes. But like, like if, is this like common knowledge? They're like, oh yeah, no, sorry. I'm going to be late to dinner. I just have to assassinate someone. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It feels like one of those things where like, the, the agency knows it's happening, but it's not something you're supposed to talk about. So it was mm. weird to have it just so openly discussed here. Because usually it's yeah. like covert operations, spying, gathering intel. Okay, that's all yeah. checks out. Like your coworkers don't Assassination. even need to know what you're doing. Like that feels yeah. like, like a secret classified CIA project right there. Yeah, that's know? not like water, water cooler talk. <laughs> yeah, but they seem pretty chill about it. Lloyd and Bruce do go pull the fly out of the trash can, reveal that it was in fact a bug that they had built. And they're like, oh, millions of dollars of research down the toilet. It's like, oh, I feel kind of bad for you too. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, they're pretty. not funding it themselves. That's true. They are employees. Uh, yes, but we still, it's like, oh, you worked so hard. <laughs> I uh, can feel that. Yeah, that's a mood. Uh, we we cut to you know Max presenting for a, a board board room about uh, mm-hmm. various nuclear activity. Um, one of the uh, two two lads, our cautioner there, is uh, texting until the Rock breaks his phone. Um, which Terry, which was actually Terry Cruz's phone. Yes. Which is and which, like so many questions well, do, about this. Do you not have your own phone? Who are you texting? Yes. Uh, so he was. I like so he says bros. that he was texting his wife, but if mm. but he was doing so from Terry Cruz's phone. So does his wife know that it was him from Terry Cruz's phone, or does his wife think that Terry Cruz was texting? You know, maybe they're just like really close bros, and he was actually texting <laughs> Terry's wife, and he was just like helping him draft. Yeah, that it's message. like, like it's okay, you, dude. You we're gonna be the real group cool. Chat or like, I gotta message this person back. Like, what do what do I say? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, talk about this. Talk about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But like 2008 version where you just take the other person's phone. And <laughs> exactly, uh, and and throughout the meeting, Max, uh, you know, continues to translate the audio clips uh, of two men eating breakfast, one of whom is eating a muffin which he yes. extrapolates upon to be like, it's very high in carbs. You only do that if you're stressed. So these two uh, illicit agents engaged in some sort of nuclear trade are very stressed. 
Uh, and Max goes on to give an incredibly dramatic speech uh, as the camera pushes in on him before announcing to the group that he has 100 more very dry pages of intel to read to <laughs> <Yeah>. them. Because <laughs> that was that was clearly the interesting part, because he's like, the next bit's dry, and he's everyone's like, oh, good. Oh, good, yes. <laughs> Even you think it's dry. What do we know about Max at this point? Uh, he, he's very competent, but he's also a bit of like a desk jockey, and he has a habit of getting lost in the details, you know? That's he's, sort of his Yeah, he's, his he's very detail-oriented. He knows a lot about everything, and no one else is that interested. <laughs> yes. It's particularly not the other established field agents. He's, he's a, a, a different type of uh, agent than they are. Uh, except, meanwhile, <laughs> except, except for The Rock, Agent 23, who seems to really, really care. Or yeah, try to care. He doesn't at least. seem to get what Max does, but he seems to like respect what he does. He doesn't he doesn't yeah, bully him in the same way buddy. that the others do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile in Chechnya, uh, two goons <laughs> helpfully inform us that one wrong move would make the cargo that they're transporting go ka freaking boom, and a shadowy frig- figure promptly scolds them and says that they're at chaos, so ka freaking boom isn't an option. Um, yes. Chaos is the name of the like enemy organization in this movie. And I watched this with subtitles, so I'd like to point out that they spelled chaos K-A-O-S. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, like, for clarification, it is K-A-O-S, and that is never explained. No. Like, it's not... I think there might have been, like, other media around this which might have explained so it this at some point. So this movie was based on a, a, a TV series, in wherein I assume they explain the naming conventions, but yeah. uh, I personally have never seen the TV series, so I can't really... <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. it's like, K stands for something. Probably, or yeah. they just thought it looked cooler. It, it's sort of a man from Uncle situation where there was a long-running spy TV series related to this, and then they made a, a sort of like a movie reboot of it in the in the mid two thousands. And I assume in the yeah. TV series they would explain chaos, but if you're a savvy movie viewers, will only be able to get that if you watch it with subtitles. Which, like, if you're not watching things with subtitles, what are you doing? Yeah, come <laughs> on, people. Let's let's pick. It's it's twenty twenty one. Let's get that stuff happening. Um, mm-hmm. They, they take what they need, and then the, the villainous gang uh, blows up the building as they drive off. Uh, back at Control Headquarters, Max and Agent 23 are training by playing paintball against the other agents. The others sort of like goading Max in particular, making fun of him until Max does shoot uh, one of them in the balls. And naturally. <laughs> naturally. Perfect for a spy movie. That is the, the first of... Um, Many times that will be a gag in this movie. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's, the boxer it's gag comes back later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two agents try to sneak up on them, but 23, like, full on uh, goes wrestler mode and takes them out and also shoots one uh, with a paintball gun right next to Max's ear and gives him a little bit of tinnitus. Yeah. Right it as the chief happens. asks to see Max. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his, <laughs> his field agent test results have just come in. <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. The, the chief says, you know, you've passed with flying colors, but that he can't promote Max because he can't lose his best analyst. And Max is like, so you won't promote me to field agent because I'm too good at my current job? <laughs> Which, like, big corporate America mood, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, no, we need you where you are. It's like, but I don't need me where I am. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have applied for the position if I didn't want it. Exactly. Eight times in a row. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It's like, and like, it's kind of weird because like they have a field agent test, yes. which like you you see later. There's a physical portion of it, but like mm-hmm. a written test, and it's like okay, so if you pass, shouldn't you just eh? be a field agent now? <laughs> yeah, like is it like a licensing exam or is it just like an aptitude Seems test? It's not really clear. <laughs> a little odd. Yeah, Max sort of talks about how like he he failed the test the first few times because he was uh 
bad at the physical and we got to cut to him in like a fat suit uh failing the physical exam this movie shows its age in a few ways yeah but one of the biggest <laughs> is the frequency of which it makes like fat jokes <laughs> And yeah, they don't. It, <laughs> I don't really think they land anymore. But yeah. Eh. I mean, like, the only one that kind of lands is the time they don't use it really as a joke when they're, like, later there's a scene where they're dancing. He's yes. dancing with another woman who's somewhat overweight. And they're both like, oh, yeah, like, I feel, like, better now. Like, isn't it so nice? Just kind of reminiscing. Like, that kind of works. But, like, yeah, the frequent fat jokes are just kind of... It's very much uncomfy. like, oh, <laughs> this isn't funny anymore. Like, this passed for funny in 2008, but... Yeah, but it's really that's not that's not humor. It's just it's just sad. being a little rude, man. Chill out. Yeah. Um, the chief says, you know, like he and Max work in a way that's kind of becoming a lost art, and that he's very proud of Max, but he needs him where he is. So Max goes to the Lincoln Memorial, which is uh, a common movie struck place to think because in National Treasure, Nick Cage also goes to the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial to ponder his life choices. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Tie-ins. Uh, and, and Max gives what sounds like a breakup speech, but he's giving it to a dog in a pet shop, which was very <laughs> like, genuinely funny. You never see before. And nope. you only see once afterwards, but it's just like, all right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as, yeah as he's turning to leave, uh, a woman runs into him. It's Anne Hathaway. What? Naturally. Of course. Like, oh. oh, a main character? Weird, <laughs> weird shop for an extra. No. Yeah. Uh, and she, she's like, Talking about how fast that she goes, she reveals she's very competitive, and also that she is very much not into Max. So you know that they are probably yes. going to be love interests for the rest of this movie because it's Natural. 2008. Of course, it's <laughs> going to be one-sided until suddenly it's not. But... Yeah, that is the second way that this movie really <laughs> dates itself. Yeah. Is there a romantic subplot? But, uh... Yeah, they're like, isn't this so romantic? It's like, no. No. They're just co-workers. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, she's just incredibly just competent and good at her job, but somehow needs to be bailed out by Max all the time. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally. Naturally. Back at Control Headquarters, Max arrives to find the place completely trashed, uh, but with like a steaming mug of coffee on the table telling him that this is a recent trashing. Um, Bruce and Lloyd are hiding and they give him some very unhelpful info. They're like, ah, bad. And he's like, okay, great. I don't know what to do with that. So he keeps sneaking around. He runs into the running woman, Anne Hathaway, and she puts a gun to his head, but reveals that she is Agent 99. Max is like, oh, you're back. I'm a huge fan. Uh, so she's also a control agent. And clearly she just trusts him because she's like, are you with control? And he's like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. tracks. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and they sort of I've never seen you before, but I believe you. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, they duck down to hide. A bunch of shadowy figures enter. And uh, Max is like, I'm a creative diversion. Then you, you go get help. And, and he sets off like a, a fire hose and hits one of them with a fire extinguisher. But the shadowy figures were actually other control agents. And the one that Max hit with a fire extinguisher was the chief. Oops, the old I actually beat up my boss trope. Womp womp. Womp With their, their, their current home base trashed, they are forced to go to uh, the alternative safe house control agency which is located under the uh reflecting pool outside of the uh lincoln memorial mm-hmm. um but first you have to pass by the the tree yes tree guard uh the tree guard which is uh returning movie shark fave bill murray as agent 13 who is a man who has to sit in tree and wait for other agents <laughs> to show up and he's very lonely and he's very sad that he keeps getting left in this tree and he tries to get max to stay and talk to him for a bit but max is like i i gotta i gotta go who's <laughs> like it makes you kind of wonder like how someone like pitched this role to Bill Murray. It's like, okay, okay, hear me out. You're going to appear for one scene and it's just going to be your face in a tree. Yeah. That's it. And he's like, 
sold let's go yeah he's like i get paid uh daily right and he's like yeah yeah yeah. all right all right i can rock rock with that i can rock with that yeah yeah. um the way that i really love the way that they get into the safe house because it's even less covert than the previous (laughs) base was uh max walks straight into the reflecting pool and then picks up a duck and types a code into uh like the duck, because the duck is a decoy. And then a door yeah, opens like up a duck phone of in sorts. the pool. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the geography of Washington, D.C., the reflecting pond is like this massive rectangle of water uh, in an open area surrounded by never empty tourist like monuments yeah, and tourist like, attractions. Like this place would be at like swamped. 6 a.m. It's yeah. mobbed. This is a mob. The fact that there are no extras in the scene is the biggest plot fall of this movie. <laughs> Well, they have to have some reason to explain why this is where they chose to put their secret entrance besides it looks yeah. cool. But then again, we're back to Agent One, the aesthetic man, mm-hmm, who was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 you guys again, don't understand. A critical character missing from this movie. <laughs> it's the, the single largest like plot flaw is that there is not a character mm-hmm. who follows Max around and explains all of his interior design choices. <laughs> Good. And mm-hmm. Max is like, this seems uncovert. And the guy's like, no, no, no. It's for the aesthetic. Aesthetic. Anything for the aesthetic. Um, in the safe room, the chief begins to debrief Max 2399, the other two agents, and uh, Bruce and Lloyd about what happens, but Max requests that they institute the cones of silence, since so this is a very intense conversation, and they get put into these, like, techno cones that Bruce and Lloyd designed, uh, but no one can hear each other, and there's a lot of fun shenanigans as they all sort of yell random things. Chief, uh, I hit you in the face with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yes, uh, but no one hears each other, and so eventually they turn the cones off. And the chief talks about how there's been... He sort of, like, sets up the plot for us here, even though the opening sequence kind of did this, but in a more ambiguous way. He's like, oh, okay, there's been a rash of thefts of nuclear material. We we know from the inside man at Chaos, Agent 38, that, that they, they know that we're onto them, and so that they probably... Uh, are the ones who just attacked us in our home base and that they've been taking out field agents left and right so they know all about our usual agents. Um, And then we get a little montage of assassinations. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Set to very upbeat music for presumably the deaths of uh, trained federal agents. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, to be fair, one of them only got shot in the leg. But then he got hit by a truck. That's that's, true. Yeah. That combination of events probably doesn't bode well for him. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, their only lead is a munistic supplier who Max knows is in Russia because of his extremely detailed over 400-page report that everyone else seems to have not read. Um, their mission is to recover the stolen nuclear materials and, if they're lucky, get the big bad in charge of chaos and take him down. There's only one problem. <laughs> only one problem. All of their agents are compromised. So the only ones that are able to do fieldwork right now and actually be covert are Agent 99, who, as they explained, recently got massive plastic surgery. Um, we don't know why yet. We'll find out. We don't know why yet. Yeah. Uh, and Max, who has never been in the field. What? It's what, his what? chance to be a field agent, as he always dreamed. He takes the opportunity. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he takes the opportunity to freak out in what he thinks is a cone of silence, but the cone of silence doesn't activate, so everyone hears him scream that, like, this is the best day of my life. And he's like, oh, okay, that's awkward. Um, as he don't they give him number like eighty six or something, which really begs the question: How they number these people? Yes, they give him a number, like... and then not a single character in the movie will refer to him by yes. agent number number for the rest of this movie. Like agent ninety nine yes. never gets a name, agent twenty three never gets a name, uh, Max never gets to use his number. <laughs> no, everyone's like oh, Max. I just like to think it's because like you know when your coworker like like changed their last name or something, it takes you like a little while to like get up to speed mm-hmm. on it and like mm-hmm. remember their name, and everyone's just like. 
ah, shit, man, like, I'm sure he has a number, but, like, it all happened so fast, yeah. I never got to meet him as the, eh, We're still Max. recovering from our Max. place of work being ransacked, and presumably many of our coworkers perishing at the hands of the invading force. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't talk about those assassinations. Nope, this is a comedy. So, <laughs> so uh, Bruce and Lloyd give Max a Swiss army knife, which also contains a flamethrower and a harpoon made with spider silk, which they said that they had to individually milk spiders to get, which is deeply uncomfortable. I disliked yeah. that so much. <laughs> Yeah. So, so much. <laughs> it raises too many questions and provides no answers, and for those reasons, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> um, yeah. But we cut to Max and 99 on a plane, Yarmi Air. Uh, they're on their way to a destination, presumably in Russia, and they're sort of chatting about their uh, how they're partners now, and they, Max is like, I feel good about this, and 99 is like, please don't talk to me unless you have to. Um, they're like, yeah, okay, we gotta to get their story straight. It's all yeah, good. yeah. They're like, okay, we're pretending to be husband and wife. Let's get our story straight. And they have a very, very uncomfortable conversation about Anne Hathaway's eggs drying up. And I was like, I don't like this bit either. Yeah, n- another another thing that doesn't really didn't really age well. No, uh, no, it's especially because she's like what, probably like maybe thirty in that movie. Yeah, like, they're like they're talking about. It, she's like, oh well, you know, you're you're getting up in the years. Like you got a times a ticket. And I'm like, ah, this. Yeah. No, eh. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't none of your business, Max. Get out of there. She's your co-worker. Yeah. This is an also, HR like, violation. Yeah. <laughs> Please, you think they have HR at control? We have HR at OSP. Surely they've got HR at the spy agency. <laughs> your HR is a cat who commits crimes. Yeah, and we love her for it. She's a very reassuring human resources agent. She has all the resources. <laughs> yes, all of the resources. As the only person who I think has ever actually gone to HR... <laughs> <laughs> uh, can confirm she's got all the resources I've ever needed. Um, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, as they're, as they're sort of having this conversation, um, Agent 99 spots a dude who she's like, that man is definitely assassin. He's massive. Um, and in another aging it to 2008 way, not dressed like a white man. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. definitely an assassin. Uh, and then Max, a propose of nothing, tries to get gum off of his shoe with a match. Uh, and then a guy in the plane's like, oh my god, he's got a shoe bomb on, and he gets arrested by a federal air marshal, which, yeah. of course, <laughs> the beginning of his many misadventures. Um, and like, are Who, you... of course, handcuffs him, and it's all good. Yes, exactly. Put in handcuffs, but they're approaching their drop point, because um, apparently 99 and Max are going to parachute out of this plane. Uh, and 99's like, hey, are you going to be good to, like, actually drop out with handcuffs? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And he goes into the bathroom and tries this part... I have some questions about Max's choice of strategy. So he yeah. he tries to use his Swiss army knife to cut the, cause he has like zip ties on his hands as opposed to like actual handcuffs. And he's trying to use the harpoon to cut the handcuffs. Here's my question. He has a knife. Why yeah, would you well, not this, so use the, first the knife time part? I, the first time I saw this, I thought, okay, well maybe they replaced the knife with the flamethrower and the harpoon. But like later we see that there was indeed yes. a knife. So it's he has literally the regular parts of a Swiss Army knife. Why <laughs> use the harpoon? Especially like once you the probably could even use the file more effectively. Right? I had so many questions about that. Uh, and, and, like, <laughs> and they're like mini harpoons because, yeah. like, even if it like were to land, which naturally it doesn't because it's a comedy, it's mm-hmm. got to hit everything else instead. Even if it were to land on the zip tie. It wouldn't, like, it doesn't, like, it's a zip tie. It doesn't just, like, shatter. Exactly. It just, now you'd have a harpoon in in the zip tie. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. And so he, he he fires it off and it keeps rebounding around the room and sticking into him instead. 
Uh, and, and finally, on the last shot, she he does manage to break the cuffs, but he also hits the airlock and is dropped without his parachute into the sky. Whoops. Which, of course, Anne, uh, Agent 99, notices this when she goes in for her own drop. Uh, and so she rushes down to go catch him as he plummets to the ground, screaming. But unbeknownst but to them... she does not take the second parachute No, no, no. She seems just like a bad idea. Yeah, she's like, I'll just carry him to the ground. I'm like, wouldn't you just bring him the chute? Like, that would have the same like, effect, right? It's not going to take any extra time. You can just grab it on your way out, leave no evidence behind. But no. No. And, uh, she's just and, being uh, the mom friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Too worried about her little little new partner. <laughs> uh, and every time they drop, the pilot is like, you know, payload one dropped, you know, two dropped. But then they say three dropped. And this co-pilot's like, wait, three? There weren't supposed to be three agents. No, no, no. The bad guy from the back of the plane has jumped out after them. Uh, and, and as they're falling through the sky, he cuts 99's shoot. And then he and 99 have to go battle it out in the sky for a bit while Max continues to fall. 99 is able to cut the bad guy's shoot and then runs to grab Max, but the bad guy grabs them too and they're sort of wrestling in the sky. Um, this is where the second uh, balls joke of the movie comes in because Max tries to kick him uh, in the uh, groin, but it fails. And so you just hear a clink, which is... It raises a lot of questions. It raises a lot of questions and answers Questions none. that I don't really <laughs> want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like yeah. a none of my business situation where I'm like, do you? This is, this is uh, not my you circus, know, it's not fine. my it, It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since Max is unable to do anything about the bad dude, um, 99 kisses him. The bad guy gets so stunned that he's distracted and lets go. Max is like... To be fair, like, if I was fighting an agent and, like, they kissed me, I'd be like, what? I would be Just confused. Like, I don't know if I would fully let go of them and plummet to my presumable that's true. death. I probably wouldn't let go. Because at this point, the bad guy also doesn't have a parachute. That's true. <laughs> uh, I would just be like, why? Yeah. Uh, the bad dude crashes into, like, a pigsty, and Max and 99 land a little farther away on the farm, but somehow both pairs survive, despite neither fully having functional parachutes all the way. Well, no, uh, Max and 99 have the backup shoot, They have right? the backup shoot, but they deploy it super late, and it gets a little, like... Yeah, that's fair. So that they, they make it, but it's like, land in the haystack, and then they don't land on the haystack. Um, mm-hmm. Max, Naturally, because 99's not taking orders from Max at Absolutely not. As she shouldn't be, because so far he has not been yeah. particularly skilled at much beyond speaking Russian. <laughs> He'll be the translator, she could be the agent. Exactly. Uh, Max and 99 are walking and arguing, as they are wont to do through the most of the first two-thirds of this movie. Uh, 99 makes the very compelling point of Max keeps fucking up things and she should be in charge while Max argues that he got a higher test score than her and she's like, dude, that doesn't matter. We're in the field. This isn't an exam. You can't... It's the classic, like, book smarts versus street smarts debate. But, like, it's not even a debate at this point. It's not even a debate at this point because so far only... (laughs) She's the only competent one. She's the only competent one. Like, she's the she's the senior employee, and Max is like, oh. It's like, oh, well, I had a higher SAT score than you. It's like, you realize that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I'm the goofy white man, so surely I should be in charge. And I'm Naturally. like, no. Sit down, no. 2008. Um, meanwhile, back at the office, the two uh, Terry Crews... <laughs> Terry Crews and David Koshner are uh, having difficulty adjusting to office life, and, uh, you know, Terry... Uh, Koshner's like jammed up the the copier or something and agent 23 is like dude you can't just do that and not unjam it and then gets really mad and staples a file to his head uh and which becomes a recurring gag as well <laughs> over, not the only time that this will happen in this movie weird yeah. rec- 
they don't do a lot of things once. They really like, this movie really loves its like reoccurring bits. Pretty much any mm-hmm. unique way to do damage to someone will be repeated. Yes. <laughs> At least once, if not multiple times. Um, 23 gets told off a little bit by the chief, but they sort of don't seem to dwell on that or much. Max and 99 are at a restaurant and they're talking about how Max found this place to eat based off of the radio chatter he heard and that um, the head of uh, Chaos, one of their like Russian contacts, likes to eat there a lot. Max goes to use the bathroom and in the bathroom, two men are talking in Russian about uh, helping out on the a nuclear job. And Max pretends to not speak Russian and be like a crazy, kooky American tourist so that they'll continue talking in Russian while he can listen in, which is maybe the first time he's been clever all movie. <laughs> Except for he does a really bad job of not being suspicious. Absolutely like every terrible. seven seconds they're looking at him like... It's, it's one of those things... definitely listening to us. Yeah, it's definitely like overdrawn for the sake of being a comedy. Because like mm-hmm. it, realistically in that situation, if you were trying to play nonchalant, you just wouldn't draw any attention to yourself. But... Yeah. Because this is a plus comedy, like, he has to do a whole, like, oh, your country's so beautiful routine. Plus, like, no one can pee that long. I'm just gonna say it. No. <laughs> they do a gag with it long. where you hear, like, the sound of him peeing, and then it'll stop, and all the bad guys will turn around and look at him, and then he'll, the sound will pick up again, and they'll turn back to their conversation, and then that's pretty much but how it goes all on, the information like, is delivered. Too it goes long. on uncomfortably long. Far too long. <laughs> his, as he goes to wash his hands next to the two dudes who are talking, his wristwatch makes the classic Geiger counter like, that's not the right sound, like a like a crackling sound. Uh, mm-hmm. Max plays it off, but he returns to the table and is like, 99, those dudes in there were really hot. And he's like, oh, no, not like that, like radioactive, uh, which means they probably were transporting this stolen radioactive <gasps> materials. <laughs> yes. Shocking. <laughs> Um, and the duo of agents takes pursuit. They follow one of the goons on a moped to Kristik's house, who is the, like, Russian operative. I wasn't really clear, like, what his importance was, other than he is somehow involved yeah. in the chain of command of chaos. Because he's not the main guy. I think he's, like... Guy. Yeah, I think it's, like, one of those trying to build up, like, oh, well, we follow a goon to, like, one of the local yeah. leaders, and then we find the big leader. We follow but... a goon to a tight slayer higher up the chain goon, and then we follow that goon to, like, the half like the second in command yeah. will be with the big bad big bad um yeah. so this is our like first level of going up the chaos ladder max knows that it's christic's house because he's delivering tripe soup which is apparently a favorite of christic's it was on the mission briefing that max max reveals uh, again yes. showing off that he's an excellent analyst and begging the question of why just just be really good at being an analyst dude <laughs> like i'm glad you have yeah. dreams and aspirations but clearly one of these things is your forte and the other is not but like then the other thing is like Surely he's not the only one in this country that eats tripe soup. Like, right. it would be like, ah, uh, I see they're delivering a bagel. Sophia loves bagels. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, so does yeah, everyone so does everyone in the greater tri-state area. What's your point? Exactly. Uh, it's fine. You know, the 99 Max are trying to figure out how to get into uh, the house where there's a swanky party happening. And Max is like, I'm going to use this blow dart tipped with a rare tranquilizer from a lizard. Uh, and he goes to blow, but inhales instead and knocks himself out. And he wakes up to 99 putting on the finishing touches of their swanky disguises as fancy party people because this is a spy mm-hmm. movie. And if you make a movie about spies and they ha- don't go to a fancy event where they have to get all dressed up, you're not making a movie about spies anymore. I do think the best thing in this one, though, is she wears a wig, which yes. is entirely unnecessary because she literally just, as is revealed on the plane, she changed her hair color. Yes. She looks completely so, different. On the plane, she shows a photo of herself before, and lo- she was not only was she blonde, but she was a completely different woman. Um, yes. <laughs> she got intensive plastic surgery when her identity was made kaput, 
Uh, and also, Max is not disguised at all other than being in a tux. Mm-hmm. So there's apparently... Well, because naturally, he's just a boring white man. He'll blend in with everyone else. Yeah, that's the thing. That, like, there's seemingly no reason for them to disguise their identities to get into this. Because the theory, <laughs> the reason they're both in the field is because they're both completely, like, anonymous agents at this point. So, like, exactly. And, I respect like, the who's wig, really but... going to look... <laughs> and, like, she doesn't change her hair color with the no. wig. It's just shorter. It's just, it's shorter. just a wig it's of a bob. Instead of, like, loose waves. I'm like, okay. Yeah naturally very disgust sure but it her dress is great um <laughs> her dress is great it looks like chainmail it's very cool uh but they easily get to the party because of course anne hathaway is very hot and so they just get like waved in by the bouncer when they roll up uh and 99 immediately gets asked to dance by Christic, the man that they're looking for and uh she's like oh this is max is my like guide he's basically like a, a deaf stable boy he's very dumb and then she sends him off to get himself some punch which means go snoop around <laughs> Yeah, which, like, clearly, if he was an experienced agent and not, like, I am a guy and must do all the jobs myself, mm-hmm. he'd be like, oh, great, my partner has gotten this guy, let me see if I can, like, find more info. But he, instead, naturally, he's like, no, I must show her up. Yes, instead I of being like, we are on the, the job right now, this is both of our careers and also careers that are incredibly dangerous to our, our life and well well-being. If we get caught, we are going to get killed. Um, I'm going to try and have a dance off with her because I'm very jealous that she's dancing with another man. The man who we are sent here to gather intel on. Exactly. It's like, and and this is played off like, yeah, he should totally do this. It's like, no, 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 Max, you really should not. No, you should not. Um, (laughs) you should do your job and not try to one up your partner. Yes. So he calls the chief. He's like, get me schematics of the house. Uh, then he hangs up the phone and goes to try, and he tries to get, he's like, ask these girls to dance, and a bunch of, like, very classic, like, mean girls looking chicks are like, no, and he's like, not you, and points past them to a uh, rather obese woman who is just living her best life, and honestly, like, if you look past the 2008-ness of this scene, she's a great character. She's fully like, yeah. this is who I am, I rock it, she looks great, her dress slaps, she dances like a queen, but the joke of this scene, because this movie was made in 2008, is, oh my god, the fat woman can dance well. Like, no. Yeah. And, like, you don't get the thing is, that. it's not like she's, like, hiding in the corner or looking dejected. She's, like, just chilling. Yeah. Like, she's just like, okay, it's a party. I don't feel the need to, like, watch the dance floor. Yeah, she's just at a party, dancing. having a good time. She gets asked to dance. She goes and dances. And they fucking tear it up. Her and Max and 99 and Christic have, like, a dance-off that everyone clears the floor for, for whatever reason. And, uh, Max and... Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, everyone else is dancing and they're like, oh, no. Ooh. Gotta clear the floor for the big boss and... Max. This guy. <laughs> this guy. The protagonist. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he goes around dancing and, uh, it, for most of the scene, it's just them doing various degrees of, like, cool and kind of funny dance moves. Um, and then they cinch it by Max doing uh, a lift at the very end of the dance uh, and then dipping. Um, but they sort of ruin any of the <laughs> the feel-goodness of the scene by having several people have to help her get back up um, at the very end. Yeah. I just, it's, it's fair. It's really just not. There are some very It's a funny movies, but like, yeah. Ooh. There's some very <laughs> genuinely funny lines in this movie, but there's also a lot of very 2008 jokes in this movie that I'm like, these just aren't landing for me watching this now. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, yeah. you can say, like, oh, it's a product of its time, but it's like, guys, this really wasn't that long oh ago. God, like, like, we kind of already knew this like... wasn't super funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, the overweight but... lady does. She doesn't get named, but she does get to flip off the uh, like mean girls. <laughs> so that was good. Yes. She like walks <laughs> off and like gives him the finger, and I'm like, yes, queen. Yeah. And like, I, I love how her character's played because it's not, it's not played like she was like so sad and now she's got confidence. She was just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, I've always, sure, I'll dance. I was always a good look, dancer. Look how um, awesome I was. No one, cool. just, I was just still doing my thing. Now I'm a, yeah. a good, also a good dancer, but uh, you know. Now I'm a good dancer who gets to flip you off for not believing in me. Yes. So. But uh, that dance off having ended and seemingly changed the priorities for Max and uh, 99, yeah. 99 says goodbye to Christic and they go chat in the coat room about how the thing that they're looking for is in the guest house, so... Um, which she figured out. Which she figured out. And I'm like, he didn't really help with that. I'm like, what, what was the point? What is happening? What is... I don't even know what you're here for at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. They never They never really that. explain what they're looking for. They sort of just find clues. Uh, so, so Max asks for help to get into the guest house because there's a lot of guards out in front. Oh, hello, Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> She's been, like, popping in a few times uh, lately. She's just... She, she wants attention because Blue Blue stepped out, so she's like, clearly, I must be the center of attention at all times. As she very well should. Um, <laughs> Max calls Control for help getting in. They send them through a storm drain, uh, you know, so that there's a bunch of rats and poop around and everything. And Max and 99 sneak into the guest house, opening up a, a, a opening into a, a hallway full of red lasers, as is custom naturally. in such movies, naturally. 99 rips her dress uh, Kim Possible style to make it short and therefore, I guess, better for moving through lasers. Uh, <laughs> well, that actually does make kind of it sense. Does, it like, tracks. Yeah, because, yeah. like, otherwise when she's doing... I mean, if she wasn't doing a bunch of sensual flips in the next thing, a la yes. spy movie, it would be fine either way, but... Yeah, it makes sense because you wouldn't want a dress, like, dangling into the, the yeah. lasers. But also, um, they're not, like, trip wires. Or they, they kind of yeah. are, but, like... They're more literally just lasers that cut things, so... Yeah, so, like, they would have just cut the the dress dress off anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess they're tripwires, because we learn in this scene her, like, wig flips a little bit and, like, strand of hair gets cut off, and that alerts someone that something is going on. Um, Yeah. But it's a a little unclear. Uh, The duo begins to, like, very slowly and over-exaggeratedly flip and sneak their way through the lasers. Uh, 99, of course, being a woman in 2008, has to do it incredibly sensually, and then Max starts out, like really good he's like doing a handstand and doing all sorts of crazy acrobatics and 99's like kind of impressed but then she sees that he has a rat on his back and it gets into his suit while he is in the middle of the lasers and causes him to nearly bump into all of them and sort of like ruin the smoothness of his exit yeah Um, which like may have also alerted them yeah that's the thing i'm like i can't that's never touched on never really touched on (laughs) Uh, Christic and the goons sort of find out that something's afoot and they start to leave the party. Meanwhile, in an office, 99 and Max are doing spy stuff and Max accidentally knocks a bunch of beads off a beaded curtain, which is a very weird choice for office decor, but it was 2008 and I'm not going to question the HGTV of all this. Where is Agent yeah. 1? <laughs> well, I guess they have their own Agent 1. It's true. Uh, we'll call him Argent 1. Argent 1 versus Agent 1. Yes. It's very spy versus Naturally. spy. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, also, this here's my one... Um, biggest beef with this scene 99 is the one on the computer doing the computer stuff and max is like watching the hallway that seems like an ineffective use of team comp because (laughs) up to this point max has been clearly shown to be the like analytical techie type like he knows how to read data find data and 99 is like killer queen super spy so why would max not be the one on the computer the whole time (laughs) and like 
I'm I'm sure Agent 99 can read Russian. I'm like sure this is a requirement yeah. for control agents, but like Max is shown to be able to like quickly live transcribe this stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you'd think like with as many pages of reports he'd know what's up. But yeah. Nah. And they also make it a point of Max walking over to the computer while 99's on it, using a trick to like make the uh, thumbprint pad unlock and then understanding the data in a way she doesn't. So I'm like, well, then why not just have him have been on the computer in the first place? But no, he's got to show off so that 99 can look all impressed again for, again, having just watched him knock all the beads off of a curtain. Which also like leads to the question, why were those beads so easy to knock off? I know, that's some poor knots on that thing. They got to really retie those. Max sort of puts together from this data that uh, all of the nuclear stuff is getting shooped, shipped, shooped. Uh, shipped to a quote-unquote bake- <laughs> quote bakery in uh, Moscow. And uh, he's like, oh, this is the connection to chaos, which sure, I'm still not really sh- clear on what exactly <laughs> they're doing. I mean, I guess the connection is just like chaos has nuclear things and there's no reason to be shipping nuclear weapons to a bakery. To a bakery. Yeah. Like that's, that's an odd choice. Yeah. But as they put that together, the goons roll up and they get into a gunfight. Uh, 99 runs ahead of Max and somehow gets captured off screen. And then Max and the goons start fighting. 99 managed to go free as uh, Christic shows up and they have a little bit of a, a brawl. Um, and as they're escaping, uh, Max shoots Christic, uh, killing him, I guess, because he falls immediately and it was like a chest shot. Yeah. So he is no longer a character <laughs> in this movie. He's gone. We He's won't gone. hear of him again. It will not affect the plot I... in any other way. <laughs> He really didn't affect the plot much in this way. Nope. Uh, other than having the dance-off, he served literally no purpose. Because uh, meanwhile, <laughs> at Chaos headquarters, Siegfried, who is the, like, head Chaos guy, gets a call from an unknown caller who we will never learn the identity of, who was very disappointed that Christic didn't finish the job. A job, again, that we don't know what he was supposed to be doing. Um, I think it was taking out Max and 99, but it was unclear that they even knew Max and 99 were, like, out and about. Um, yeah, like, you, it seems like, in order for that to make sense, like... Christic would have literally have to be like, ah, oh, there's agents. Quick, let me call my boss. Hello, there are agents. I yes. guess we will kill them. Bye-bye. It's, it's a strange sequence of events. Um, Max and 99 are back on their moped outside of Moscow when they pull over to find, like, a new set of wheels at this, like, I guess, abandoned car lot on the side of a road. Yeah. Um, That's unstaffed, I unstaffed, guess. Unstaffed, because they're able to just take whatever car they want. Uh, Max once again makes it weird by hitting on 99 as he will do in every single scene where they're together alone or otherwise Uh, he's like we're a good team and this is insufferable Um, 99 (laughs) takes the opportunity to like drop in and like oh my god how do you know you can trust me like I could be a double agent for all you know like that breaking control was definitely an inside job but we don't have time to deal with that one liner of definite plot related information (laughs) because they're in a Ferrari now and Max is like, everyone's got a Ferrari, and then you get... And then uh, you get my favorite shot of like... the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, <laughs> they drive off in a Ferrari, and Max is like, everyone here has one. And there's these two farmers standing on the side of the road, one of who in Russian says, holy shit, a Ferrari. And the other takes the opportunity to slowly lift up a flip phone and just take a pic. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> Those characters, <Good>. excellent. <laughs> More of them. More of this, please. More of them and less awkward forest romance, Yes, please. exactly. <laughs> Uh, in Moscow, 99 and Max visit the quote-unquote bakery where chaos is shipping, uh, and 99 reveals that their belt buckles contain cyanide capsules, and Max doesn't get that it's for them to take if they get caught. 
Um, you think that this is going to become a plot point later on where they're going to have to make the choice to either take it or not take it. Um, no, this never gets it mentioned never again. Does. This never gets brought up, not even yeah. once. <laughs> like that, it's not even like they try to use it on someone else or they're like, ah, oh, grab the capsule. It's just like, yeah, cool. Sure, Bye. this is happening now. Um, they separate to en- and enter the bakery in different ways for reasons. The plan that they have is never revealed to us, the audience. <laughs> It seems that they yeah. don't have one. <laughs> but... well, and, like, it's especially interesting because they're like, okay, you'll go through the front door mm-hmm. and I'll go through the vents. It's like, why don't you just both go through the vents? Why not both go through the vents? Why is someone going through why the front door? Why is someone through the front door? Why not both go one way? What's happening? Is this recon? Yeah. What's going on? Um, Max walks into the, like, facade of the bakery and the lady staffing there is, like, thinks that he's she's hitting he's hitting on her when he asks for something hot and she's like, oh, you know, there's flower sacks in the back. And he's like, no, I'm I'm looking for Siegfried for chaos. And she's like, oh, take a number. Uh, and when he does, a secret door opens in the wall. <laughs> it seems like a bad line of defense to have this woman who will let anyone who mentions the bad guy's name enter the secret hideout. <laughs> listen, Argent One is just like, listen, it needs to be aesthetic. So we need to stock it with an actual baker for <laughs> yes. authenticity <laughs> It's about the baker was never vetted at the all. They're just like, yep. Yeah, it's strange. Also, like, what happens if they get an actual customer while there's like a bit of a rush? Like, do they have a secret? Like, what if the people are to start taking numbers and the door just opens? Maybe she like has to push a button before the numbers actually open. The- I don't know, man. It feels like a strange system. Maybe it's just the worst bakery in Moscow. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, this is definitely like a money laundering operation. No one ever goes in there, but they're somehow open for years and years and years. And we're just, no one's going to address this. Like, it's not my circus, not my monkeys. It's not my business. <laughs> it's really just not worth it. It's like, you know what? They're not hurting anyone here. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so as as he's doing this, as you mentioned, 99 is climbing her way in from the vents outside. Um, Max walks into the lair uh, unimpeded and comes face to face with Siegfried. Uh, and Max makes up a very weak cover story, uh, pretending to be a guy who wants to buy some nuclear weapons. Great. Siegfried kind of leads him into what he describes as the inner sanctum of their entire operation, but which looks like one of those, like, isolation rooms and uh, once flew over the cuckoo's nest or something. It's just like a white room with an operating table. The design of the room is not important, (laughs) but it's definitely not the center of their whole operation. And they're like... It is definitely a room where they are going to tie you up and experiment on you, although shooting you would definitely be easier. um, A leftover lot from, like, the X-Files or something. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't totally get the vibe, but it's definitely not good. Uh, Yeah. I think it's just meant to evoke feelings of bad. Yeah. Uh, Then they're like, dude, we're gonna kill you, obviously. We knew that that you're controlling agent, and we know that uh, 99 is also here, and they show him a video feed of her in the vents. Uh, <laughs> which like big props because like if you're a secret villain mm-hmm. you need to put cameras in your vents yeah and also under in your storm drain apparently exactly uh, apparently although they don't seem to have that one fully locked in as of yet yeah, uh, right. and now it's time for Max 99 to fight their way out Max gets locked in the weird white death room and with the second in command guy whose name I never caught despite trying so hard to catch it throughout the movie <laughs> Uh, while 99 does, like, competent spy stuff to continue sneaking through the facility, Max uses, like, the element of surprise, quote-unquote, uh, first to try and throw a phone at him, which doesn't work because it's not, uh, it's, well, for kids, for the youths who are listening to this podcast, this, the phone that he throws is a landline, and it is connected via cord to where you would dial the phone. 
And, like, the funny thing is, like, corded landlines were not uncommon in 2008. No. Like, I still remember my sure. home phone number <laughs> to this yeah, day. Yeah, like, they had cordless landlines, but, like, the fact that, like, you can see the cord. They're not, like, yes. tiny, thin cords. It's, like, big, curly, big curly ones. ones. So it's, like, he was, like, ha-ha! And it's, like, you, dude, like, yep. why did you think that would work? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It not working ends up working to his advantage because he then jams a table into the other guy and knocks him out. And he manages to hold him up to the eye scanner to make his escape. And uh, Max kind of just, like, stumbles onto the factory full of all the uranium and weapons and stuff, as well as a regular cake. And he's like, well, this is bad. Uh, Before catching up with 99, Max is like, I placed charges to bury this place. And she's like, you can't just blow up a place full of nuclear weapons. And he's like, no, no, just the weapons lab. And she's like, wow, that's brilliant. And I'm like, that feels like the Which, least like, po- like, brilliant part of your plan. Also, that should have just been your original plan. <laughs> also, like, he's like, oh, the problem is you can't blow up a place full of nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to blow up the weapons lab. But that's Which still seems where to all me, the weapons are. So... Exactly. I think he does technically say bury it. Yeah. But, like, eh. It's, eh. The logic of how they're dealing with uh, nuclear weapons in this movie is not necessarily something we need to dwell on too much. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, they, they manage to make it out to the roof as stuff is blowing up, but the big dude from the plane shows up, and now it's 1v1 fights until Max and 99 get their shit together. Uh, Max recognizes the voice of Dalip, the big dude, who was on his radio chatter that he'd been listening to, and he tries to appeal to his uh, humanity uh, to little effect until finally he's like, dude, your marriage is in trouble. You're, you are got to go home and have lunch with your wife. She just wants to spend time with you. And you know that she's just spending time with her sister who keeps trying to undermine your relationship. Yeah. And I think he even <laughs> says, like, bring her to your next assassination. Yeah. Which, like, again, like, really nonchalant about. This. So chill with that. <laughs> um, and Dalip's, like, really moved by Max treating him as a person. He's like, big guys have feelings too. And he helps the two of them escape. Max having just made a personal connection. And they swing across a, a telephone wire over to another building um, before, but come face to face with like Siegfried through the window who's like fire at them. And it looks like they're gonna fall to their dooms, but the telephone pole gets caught at the last second and they're able to stepley, safely step off at ground level, escaping the burning building uh, as they're later walking around near the Kremlin, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the chief is on the phone with them. He's like 23 is getting sent over to do all the cleanup at the bakery. Um, and they have a little chat about why 99 changed her looks and she reveals that she had to get surgery because she was completely uh, compromised because she was involved with someone from work um, and it was change her face or get a desk job. It's not clear on how getting involved with someone from work compromised her uh, secrecy, but she she can't possibly be a a woman and balance having a relationship and a career in 2008. Impossible. Meanwhile, a man can do it for sure, but a woman. Oh, woman. No. Um, but, uh, meanwhile, uh, the, while they're having this conversation, the bad guys are sneaking nuclear products out through the drainage pipes, uh, of the factory. So it seems that despite the fact that they buried the bakery, nothing, uh, fundamentally has changed in terms of chaos's yes. capability. The goons ask the big boss what they're gonna, why they're gonna bomb LA, and, uh, he just sort of lists off, like, general reasons. He's like, oh, it's a major metropolitan area. Uh, the president will be there. I don't know, I want to. I'm like, yeah, it's as good a reason as any, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, we could bomb anywhere, but 
Screw L.A. in particular. Yeah. It's not because, They like, need to die. That's where our set was located or anything. No, it's for all these other reasons. <laughs> it's not because we got permission to use this concert hall and now have no, to shoehorn it in. we couldn't get permits for this one stretch of highway specifically. Don't worry about it. Uh, the next morning... Max goes to visit 99 at a hotel, and while she's on the phone having a clearly tense one-sided conversation, she's reporting, uh, 23 is like, dude, there's nothing at this bakery. What you blew up is just a regular bakery, which is a little sus, because we, the audience, know what Max saw in the cheap. And, like, we know that her, like, they specifically follow, like, knew to go in here, yes. and she was in the vent. And the so, Siegfried like, was there. They definitely yeah. fought chaos agents. Weird that she's but not no, more there was nothing the there. Max up on this one. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, 99's immediately like, oh, well, then what do I do with Max? Because surely he's lying to us about having seen the nuclear stuff, if this is true. Everyone's like, well, he lied about finding evidence. He's definitely a double agent. Um, it's like Even um, though, like, how could he be a double agent when he wasn't an agent in the first place? Uh, yeah, exactly. There's so many. <laughs> I'm like, this seems like a jump uh, for all of everyone involved. Uh, including 23, so 23 of the Chief, 99, and Max are all in the car, driving somewhere. Uh, and it was, this is when we learned that 23 and 99 were the agents who were previously involved before she had to get her plastic surgery. Um, mm -hmm. Great. Guess we needed- He didn't have any consequences, naturally. Of course, of course. He was fine to continue without changing his entire appearance, but she had to get a major life-changing surgery that she seems to be a little bit sad about because she no longer resembles her mother, but no. God nope, forbid. Not a problem. Ugh. Uh, at, a, at a Homeland Security briefing, they're going through the various 72-item long list of possible threats when they get a call uh, directly from Chaos about the threat that they're about to make. Uh, and everyone, they're like, unless you want us to release the activation codes of the nuclear weapons that we've given to every major like criminal leader in the entire world, uh, pay us a bunch of money by 3 p.m. And, they're, and uh, the CIA and all the other like chief of staff except for the control chief are all like... Psh. Nah, that's a dumb threat. We don't. We can't take every threat seriously. They don't even exist anymore. Which, like, sure, you say that to the public, but surely the leader of the CIA, yeah. who has the control guy I'm in, like, like... That's the thing. Control <laughs> is the thing that they keep saying, like, oh, well, control was disbanded, but you, the leaders of all these secretive agencies, are very aware that control was... That's a lie that you told them. So why do you think that chaos was disbanded? Yeah, they're like, but clearly they're gone. It's like... No. You guys are really bad at your job, no. all of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that frustrated me so much. Uh, and then the CIA, uh, or no, the vice president and the chief of control get into an actual fist fight. Uh, the war Which room is, is like... pretty funny, honestly. Yeah, it was very funny. The chief of control is um, excellent. He's uh, played... He is, of course, played by uh, Alan Arkin, who is famously a grandfather figure in uh, many, many movies. So... <laughs> Having him here, he just plays an excellent old dude to cast in movies, and I'm very happy that he, he showed up here. It was a delight yeah. every time he was on screen. Um, and they really just make him like an angry old grandpa. Yeah, they're really like, oh, we need an old his... man to go feral? And he was like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, not my grandkids, but so grandkids is like an entire agency mm -hmm. of <laughs> cutthroat agents. But Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the control holding cells, Max is taking a nap and 99 watches him on security camera and has like the single, I hated the way they edited this. It had these like flash transitions to like slightly sepia-toned flashbacks to earlier shots in the movie of all the good times they had. And it's just like- Very 2008. Very like 2008. they've been together for like 48 hours. Not even, like <laughs> they just met. 
Uh, it's all shots from like the last 30 minutes of the movie. And the ch- way that they get from shot to shot is through like literally like flashing the screen white and then like slightly offsetting the image so that show that it's yeah, a flashback. Like, I was like, oh, this is hard to look at. I'm like, this movie needs like an epilepsy warning. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, this is fine. Um, the chief 99 and 23 go to LA to see the president who is reading to children who make fun of him. It was very funny. Uh, <laughs> and naturally, once the kid makes fun of him, they're like, and you move. And you go somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Max wakes up in his holding cell, and uh, he is listening to the top 40 hits with Ryan Seacrest, which him and Dalit both like to listen to when he gets a They code. bonded over. They bonded over from that on the, on the rooftop. Ryan Seacrest reads out a message from Dalit. Uh, he's like, and this is from a, a caller Dalit to to uh, his beau, their beau, Max, uh, you know. Get to LA, things are about to get hot, nuclear hot. And I'm like, that is the least coded, coded message that anyone has ever said. <laughs> you just said what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> like, you literally could have just said, like, from Dalip to Max, can't wait to see you in LA, winky face. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like that should have been enough. Just hearing Dalip is calling for Max and knowing the location of LA is like, okay, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> But okay, it's fine. It's it gets him what he needs. It's fine. It it, it r- right brings him from his stupor, uh, and he he begins to hatch his escape plan, breaking out of his cell and sneaking through the control agency. Bruce and Lloyd uh, act like they're going to stop him, but they reveal it's just an act for the security cameras, and they're actually going to totally let him escape. And they both panic and fake getting taken out really easily without him even having to like touch them at all. Uh, and one of them faints. One of them faints. Just, just actually like, faints. <laughs> He's like, I think I thought about blood, and now I have fainted. Uh, yes. Bruce emerges, not Bruce, uh, Max emerges into the Smithsonian. Uh, and as he's walking past the control display from earlier, he he takes the suit and puts it on, changing out of his prison clothes. Which, like, makes sense. Makes sense, sure. sure. Even though you're in an active museum. Yes, and presumably has, Surely like, someone sees you getting undressed. Uh, you know, yeah. the Smithsonian's pretty crowded. This was, this was pre-COVID. There are definitely people around. Uh, and he steals the car that's also on display, but it runs out of gas immediately after he gets out. He, like, busts out the front door of the museum. Um... Uh, <laughs> Which, Which, like, clearly it had enough gas to start, accelerate through glass doors, and then die. Yeah, but Max is just, he's on the run. He's he's out. It's aesthetic. Agent 1 was like, someday someone is going to need this. (laughs) Agent 1 really holding it down for us. Yes. Uh, 9923 and uh, the control chief are talking to the president about the threat, but he's just like, if look, the VP said there we couldn't take it credibly, we can't take it credibly. He doesn't see the urgency, and he's gone about his regular visit. Max calls 99, telling but him he's that so K- thrilled that he punched him. So thr- he's so happy that he got punched, but he's like, I I can't care about this threat. Yes. It's sorry, bro. Um, Max calls 99, <laughs> telling her that chaos has a bomb somewhere in LA. Uh, which is information that she probably already knew since they were in LA for the bomb threat. Um, and he gives yes. a whole speech about how he was accused, but he's still happy because he got to be an agent and spend time with 99. And it's like, dude, you met 48 hours ago. Can you please chill yeah, out? Like... Uh, and he's like, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like your best friends. It's been a day. It's been a day. You need to breathe. Um, and, you know, the chief is like tracing the call, trying to track Max down. And like, he's still in D.C., uh, but when they get to the rooftop in DC, it's not Max. And Max is actually standing behind them on the tarmac in LA. Uh, and he's like, I'm here. And the chief is like, how do you know that there's a bomb? And he's like, oh, I got a tip from a chaos agent at the bakery. And 99 trusts him, but 23 is sus, which makes us, the audience, immediately sus of 23. Because up to this point, we have been given no reason to doubt Max. And everyone else trusts yes. him, so surely... <laughs> 
The audience will remember Clearly. that. <laughs> oh, it's like, even though, like, by all, by all accounts, like, being like, hey, you know this guy that we locked up for being a double agent and then broke out of his cell? Like, seems sus, but everyone's like, obviously not. He's the protagonist. Yes. <laughs> He's the hero. Uh, yes. They decide to start searching Max back in the team, searching where the president will be. Uh, it's like a Disney music hall or something like that. It's, it, the important yeah. part is that they are going to be watching an orchestra concert. They're going to be playing music at this hall. Uh, Siegfried is on location already, and he threatens Dalip's wife unless he continues to do his job. And the president, control, and chaos all start sort of moving into position for the final act of the movie, with their respective to-do lists to be accomplished. The Secret Service doesn't take the threat seriously, so it's up to control to stop the bombing. Shocking that we have ended up here in a movie about the spy agency that no one else <laughs> is assisting with. <laughs> this arguably this? super incompetent spy agency yes. we're supposed to see as the competent spy agency. Yes, shocking that this is the result of their labors. Uh, <laughs> as they sort of like are leaving the concert hall 23 is like bitching about how they should be searching more important locations like the Golden Gate Bridge which seems contrary to everything they've learned so far uh, and like they know it's in LA and like the Golden Gate Bridge is yeah they know it's in LA and they famously know it's where not the in LA gonna be. Uh, so and they're just following the president around like why would you go to where he's yeah. not um, and this is the second clue that something's up with 23 and our suspicions are immediately concerned when Max's radioactive Geiger watch notes that 23 is hot and suddenly everyone Which, realizes it's 23 who was lying around the bakery, not Max, because the only place he could have been exposed to the nuclear waste stuff is in the bakery, of course. Which, like, also, can we talk about how we're supposed to just totally be cool with the fact that Max has his Geiger counter watch? Yes. After breaking out of jail. Yes. Where presumably they took his spy implements Also, from him. the watch has not been crackling the entire time he's been around 23 for yes. the last... I've driven in LA before. It takes you like an hour to get anywhere. They've been in the backseat of that car together for like an hour, and it did not go off once. You need to maybe improve. maybe once they decided he was good, they gave him back a new watch. <laughs> they had to stop on the way. The jeweler should like pick it up. They're like, oh, I'm gonna scoop a new one. As soon as he is found out, 23 drops the facade and reveals that he was the double agent all along. Immediately takes 99 captive because God forbid the competent woman remain competent as soon as they need to kidnap a character. And now it's time yes. for a car chase. Which, like, it would make a lot of sense if he kidnapped Max. Yeah, or the chief. Who was standing right next man. to him. Yeah. Chief would have been great, the elderly but now figure gotta kidnap a, the woman a, in a, 2008. A critical member of their agency and esteemed figure in Washington politics. Person who has the most bargaining ability, but no, you take the agent who, as far as everyone else is concerned, doesn't exist. Ugh, whatever. Yes. Max and the chief steal a car and drive through a golf course while trying to catch up to 23 and 99, where all of the golfers decide to pelt them with golf balls for no reason. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, I would if there was a car on a golf course. I'd be like, bet you can't hit that. Yeah, car. it's like a driving range. So I'm like, did you think it was an intentional like road, <laughs> like an intentional habit? Yeah. Uh, and this is where we get my favorite line of the movie because they drive through it all and eventually crash into like a fish stand. Um, <laughs> Blue's favorite line as well. Yes, I will say. The <laughs> The chief is like, Max is like, oh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And the chief is like, I don't know. Are you thinking I almost got stabbed in the face by a swordfish? And then it cuts to yeah. a wide shot where you can see a, a swordfish display inches from the chief's face as he delivers that line. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. I almost got stabbed in the face with a swordfish. Yeah. It's like, yep. yep. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. 
Um, 23 Arms Operation Joy. Uh, Earlier in the movie, when Max was at the bakery talking to Siegfried, he mentioned that he also likes Ode to Joy, and Siegfried's like, yes, I like how it ends with a bang. So savvy viewers will remember, oh, Operation Joy, like the royalty-free song Ode to Joy. (laughs) song Ode to Joy. (laughs) Mm. It looks like... (laughs) Sure. Sure. I, I I love that this like kind of hinges on like the back. Sorry, Cleo was running all around the <laughs> it's Um It's like ah yes, clearly the bad guy who has told us his entire plan through coded messages. Which like I like to be like no bad guy would do that. But like if I was an evil villain, oh, yeah. I would give away I would my go plans full through coded Riddler. messages. Are you kidding me? If I, I was yeah. an evil villain, I would be dropping clues left and right. I want you to figure it out because it makes it so much more fun for me. <laughs> Exactly. Because then if you don't figure out, you're actually an idiot. Exactly. It's about proving that you know more than them. It's the it's the Ron Swanson, I know more than you effect, uh, but applied yes. to villainy. Um, yes. I wouldn't necessarily choose maybe the most well-known Beethoven piece of all time to prove that with, but debatable. Um, yeah. Max and the chief then uh, can't drive their car, so they hijack a plane instead. Uh, and Max um, almost immediately ends up falling out of the plane and hanging on to like, it's one of those planes that you see at the Jersey Shore that have banners behind them that like advertise mm-hmm. things. So Max is- And of course, yeah. this one is a suicide hotline because- Of course it is. We're doing the bad jokes here. We're doing here. the bad jokes here. Max is also dangling <laughs> from it. Uh, and the chief kind of flies him low over the highway to catch up with the car that 23 is driving. Max manages after getting slammed around. <laughs> I just watched like cat butt whiz through the screen. <laughs> Come here. Come Aww. Here. You're in timeout. <laughs> it's okay, she can be in timeout. Uh, I don't think we've had a Cleo cameo on the Movie Struck pod before, but she no. frequently pops up in the Oz pod, so I'm very excited to see her here. Hello, Cleo. Her paw is in my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> she doesn't agree with your, uh, your get smart She doesn't smart agree with timeout. She's like, I'm going to report you to HR, who is me. Aww. <laughs> Um, so, so Max manages to land on the car and turn a gun on 23, who puts the car on cruise control, and they take the opportunity to fight on the highway while heading for a bridge the chief has to do some fun acrobatics to, to fly through. This man who apparently knows how to fly a hey, plane, I mean, I he's guess. Got his, his, he don't become chief of control without learning a few tricks. <laughs> Uh, like how to fight the BP and do fancy flying in a prop plane. He's ready to throw hands at all times, and that's why he's my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> he's pretty yeah. great. Uh, the car eventually goes flying off the road and onto the, some train tracks while the chief continues to do some fancy, fancy flying. Uh, the car is also now on fire because the Swiss army knife that has a flamethrower built into it went off at one point. I think, I yes. think 99. Agent 99. Yeah. I think she tried to stab him with it. And, yeah. But like you think, like she's such a good agent. Like After seeing a flamethrower, like, wouldn't she just flamethrower the double agent now okay <laughs> whatever at this point in the movie she's basically a damsel in distress and nothing more it's yeah. kind of frustrating um the yeah. train tracks are taking them back downtown towards the bomb uh i would be more concerned if that it's an active train line but i guess that part is bad too they managed to <laughs> yeah they have the suitcase where the code was entered to activate the bomb uh but they don't have the code to deactivate it and 23 and 99 managed to get their hand on the suitcase but they're like we still can't stop it and as they try to escape the car 23 hops back up uh, and continues to fight. 99 conveniently dangling off the side of the car. something. Yeah, so that the the one good fighter isn't involved in this combat as Max struggles with 23. Uh, He remembers 99's strat from when they were falling through the sky earlier and kisses 23, which manages to once again confuse him and allows Max to knock him back um, into the car. Uh, Max and 99 sort of like end up dangling from the, the sign that was on the plane that's now attached to the back of the car. Uh, but Max is tangled up in a rope uh, and he he 
sees a train heading for the car. Uh, so the car with 23 in it gets blown up when it's hit by a train. And it seems like Max gets run over too after he shoves 99 in the suitcase onto the side of the tracks and out of the way of danger. There's even like sad music playing in the background and everything. And the suitcase is broken and cracked and there's no way to stop the bomb. But then in the background, who's that standing off in the distance? It's Max, duh. <laughs> Who actually used the flame, the flamethrower uh, Swiss army knife as an actual knife. <laughs> yes. It sir, almost wish you'd done that with the zip ties earlier, but I guess this is as right? good a time to remember that you have his knife with you as any time. Uh, 99 and Max kiss, which feels completely undeserved. They don't have a lot of chemistry in this movie. <laughs> they, it's very forced. It's very much like main guy and hot spy female must end up together. And it's like, yes, okay. It's like, Although Blue informed oh, me the that they might have been together in the show. <laughs> mm, they, I mean, I yeah. think like, it's one of those things where, like, it kind of would probably make sense in the show, but I, it's a pet peeve I have with movies yeah, made from shows. Yeah, didn't make a ton of sense in the like, movie. It made sense in the show because you had multiple seasons and a long period of time to build up to the relationship naturally, and now in the movie you've spent the last hours telling us that these two have chemistry, when realistically the most we've seen is like, well, they don't kill each other, so I guess it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's like, they could just be friends. They could just they be, could just like, be they friends. Like, they could just end this movie with, like, an unspoken bond of some sort forming or something. You know, we yeah. didn't have to lead up to the big kiss. But it was 2008 and romantic subplots. Um, they haven't necessarily gotten that much better, but they, I think we're a little bit better in most of, like, the major action blockbusters these days. Yeah. Marginally. It's it's hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah. Unless you're watching Hallmark movies, in which case. In which case, but you know exactly what you're there for. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game entirely. Uh, yes. Max sees the name Operation Joy on the computer suitcase, and he realizes that it's the end of Ode to Joy that will set off the bomb, and the song that ends with a bang. And they now know that they have to stop the concert before the final notes of Ode to Joy play, because Ode to Joy will be what triggers the bomb. It's it's audio based. Uh, <laughs> So naturally. naturally, and like you, you, you then get it cuts to like showing that like the concert is like ticking up the yes. bomb. Like so, a not only form. it's not just like audio based. Like when they hit a certain chord, like it's it's clearly like it's got to fill the meter of something. Yes, <laughs> it's it's great. I actually I kind of love that uh, detail. That's, that was that's pretty. That cool. was pretty fun. Uh, and Argent <laughs> One was definitely involved. In Argent that. One definitely was like, let's do this with a little panache, a little flair. <laughs> um, the control agents are, of course, start rushing onto the scene as Ode to Joy starts playing in the background of the score uh, as the concert and the control agents running sort of cross cuts together. The chief lands a plane and there are two valet guys looking very concerned outside the concert hall. Another uh, excellent shot. Another cutaway to bystanders that was it's like so good. <laughs> are you going to check that? I'm not going to check that. You get to check that. You're less yeah, senior. They don't have any lines, but their face says it all. Like We've all, <laughs> we've all been in that situation where you're like, serve it like you're working as like a, a waiter or something and you're like oh oh this is gonna be my problem isn't it <laughs> yeah any minimum wage worker knows yes. knows the feeling <laughs> yes uh in order to they they're getting it it's the last few uh bars of the song and in order to stop the concert max runs onto stage and tackles the conductor after the control chief does uh punch the um secret service agent who's trying to stop them from entering the building which was again very funny yes uh, Which, like, also, like, he doesn't need... I don't know anyone who's been to a concert, but, like, you can disrupt concerts in any way. Like, could have just done an air horn, screamed really loud, would have yeah, done I'm it, but now let's... about, like, how is much... Like, did they have to stop Ode to Joy from playing specifically, or could they have created another sound to disrupt what the... Because a lot of software and things that are dependent on specific sounds activating something 
are very very like narrowly focused like you it has to be a yeah. very this is why this is why people have a lot of trouble with like speech te- to text and stuff because audio can, software can only pick up so many different like distinctions within audio mm-hmm. so if they just play like a really large air horn in the middle last part of ode to joy would that have affected anything it's I have so many questions about this bomb activation technology. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking like if you if you were to put off an air horn in the middle of the concert, like people would stop playing. Yeah. Like I understand professional musicians are like very well trained, but like if you hear a loud noise coming from nowhere in the middle of a concert, you're gonna like pause. Yeah. It's like it raises some questions. But sure, tackle the very old conductor. Very that, old that works. Conductor. <laughs> uh, the audience is very confused, but one guy, the president specifically, starts president. <laughs> starts clapping because he's like, "That's hilarious!" Uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it, and the whole crowd joins in. Um, the guards are like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And Max is like, "Check the piano. There's a bomb under there." And they check the piano, and there is a bomb under there. And Max reveals that he was just guessing to Agent Ninety Nine. Uh, naturally. naturally the crowd claps for Max seemingly understanding that he has done something great here in tackling this old man uh, and as he turns around to bow and sort of like do a twirl uh, his pants have been completely torn off as we learn from the scene where he yes. like skidded along the train tracks yes there's as they're running in he says something along the lines about his like butt hurting mm-hmm. from skidding along the train tracks so it's like a little callback but it's also just like oh okay yeah like oh sure yeah um, Good. As uh, Sieg and Dalip are driving away with the second in command, uh, Big Bad takes a chance to insult Dalip about after the bomb doesn't go off and insult Dalip's wife. And so Dalip throws him out of the car off a bridge into the river. And Dalip and the second in command share a laugh about that. So I guess we're meant to understand yeah. that that's the end of the chaos chief. Yeah, it's like surely the second in command picks up. Like, Dalip, like, he clearly cares about these guys, but, like, he's not going to quit his job. Yeah. He's really not, like, that invested. So it's just like, ah, uh, yes, the end of the end of chaos. Ah, uh, yes. Sure. Uh, yes. They did make a sequel to this movie, so I think it might be that chaos... I don't... I, yeah. didn't, I did not go out I didn't watch, to watch the sequel. a sequel to this movie, but <laughs> assume maybe chaos comes back in there. Uh, back at HQ later on, the chief is commending Max, and he's saying, like, oh, you've done a great work. Uh, and then 99 and Max reveal that they're dating now, I guess. Um... Even though yeah, last she time... She gets him a dog. I have so many questions about this. Well, she gets him the dog from the beginning of the movie that he was talking to before. So yes. that's great. That is an excellent piece of continuity. I stand by yes. that choice. But here's a question that I have for the movie. Because last time Agent 99 dated another agent, she had to get facial reconstruction surgery, a la Racer X, uh, in, order, in order to still continue to do field work. And we are given no indication that she is no longer an agent at this point. Um, but she's... Doing exactly what she did last time. So why did she have Actually, to we're get... giving indication that she is an agent because he says we're at work. Yes. Um, so, so clearly they're both still working here. So what? What's? why did she... Why? <laughs> why did she have to do it last time? Because uh. she's a female and clearly she's got to love uh. the protagonist. That <laughs> causes me pain. <laughs> um... Uh, they're sort of getting their happy ending and the two uh, you know sort of goonish field agents from earlier play pick on the new guy as Patrick Warburton works <laughs> I was so excited when he showed up like I just I was genuinely smiling I was like oh he's here yes. uh, I'm like oh good they completed the oh, set the I don't know what the supreme. set is but we love to see they're it. here um, and they try to pick on him but he picks on them instead uh, he sounds awesome and he introduces himself as Jaime which was the name of a, a sort of like reprogrammed robot agent that the tech guys were working on earlier and they sort of high five about how they finally got the one up on the field agents. I assume that this must be something from the show also. I didn't do any, I didn't do, 
I'll make it very clear to the yeah, audience. Yeah, we did, I did do like a lot of no research, research on this. Get Smart before watching this movie. I made an executive decision that I wasn't going to look into this any more than I would normally because it's yeah, better as a standalone. Better standalone. I assume that the, the robot agent is more plot relevant in the TV show, but here it was just sort of like a, a, a Easter egg. Uh, and 99 and Max walk out of control as all of the dramatic doors close behind them, save for one. Uh, and Max is like, 99's like, dude, just let it go. Like, maintenance will handle it. That's probably maintenance's job, right? Um, right. But Max is like, no, no, like, I'm going to get this. <laughs> there's a whole maintenance department. Yeah. Uh, specifically hired to fix the aesthetics. Exactly. It's what Agent 1 is the head of. Um, yes. And as yeah. Max is trying to rig the door to close, uh, it slams on him and then he gets harpooned in the face somehow. And that's it. That's the movie. Um, that's that's, a, the that's it. <laughs> He's no more confident than he was when we started, but nope. yet now he has the girl. Now he's the girl. I assume he's back to being a field agent, not back to being an analyst. He's, yeah. the, he's the big guy on campus now. Um, yeah. yeah, so that... Saves the world. <laughs> that is Get Smart. Um, a very 2008 movie. <laughs> very 2008. Uh, you know, I like to I like to ask, you know, uh, our guests, what are some of your, your closing thoughts after watching this? Like, wait, when specifically might you recommend someone go and watch this movie? Sort of what what vibes do you have? How are, how are you feeling about this? Uh, this feature film, Get Smart. This movie is a great movie to watch when you've had a couple drinks and you want something fun that you don't have to think too hard about. This is great. You know, the plot points are very obvious. You can literally be drunk out of your mind or high out of your mind and still be like, I totally see where this is going. Like, it's very obvious. And, you know, it is pretty funny. So, you know, I think it's a great movie for when you're like, I want something fun that I don't have to analyze too hard. This movie is great. If you think about it too hard, it gets a lot less fun. But there are still some great lines. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I have slightly different feelings on this movie. But to be fair, I also did watch it stone cold sober. So I think that that might... <laughs> it's not a good movie if you watch it sober. I will say that. It's, it is not. It it's, is I not. think it shows its age a lot and it kind of hurts some of the comedy sometimes. But it does mm. have a great cast. Um, and it's pretty easy breezy to get through, so it, it might be a good group movie. It's not a good movie it's if you're looking a... for a good yeah. movie. <laughs> I think it has some construction issues in its plot, and it's, uh, it's not the best joking spy movie that I've ever seen. No. So, like, it's, it's good. I don't think I found it as funny as I, I would have if I had watched it when I was younger. Um, That's fair. That's fair. But, you know, it, it's but got yeah, some redeeming qualities. Don't think There's too hard about lines. it or you're gonna get... Yeah, I um, make my living thinking too hard about movies, so this may not be one made to specifically yeah, appeal fair. to me, but I, I do appreciate that, like, if I was with a group of friends and maybe, like, not in uh, the cleanest mindset, that it probably would be a, a good time. It'd be a good plane movie. It would be a great plane movie. Great plane movie, so... But so, yeah, you know. not, not a piece of cinema masterpiece. No. Just kind of yeah. fun to watch when drunk yeah yeah well this, yeah. Is, this has been a this has been an excellent time i hope that we have gotten a little smarter and uh, uh cyan if if our lovely listeners want to feel a little bit more content from you where where perhaps could they find it maybe if they were feeling a little hungry i have a food instagram Ooh. uh it is cyan underscore bakes uh you can find it on any of your favorite instagram platforms mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. phone instagram <laughs> internet instagram i love that you're differentiating between instagram on your phone and your computer <laughs> there is a difference you can't usually post very well from your computer that's true that's true but you can view my wonderful food Ooh. content and if you ask me for a recipe i will give it to you because 
I'm not secretive about my food. It's all very basic <laughs> stuff, but it's fun. <laughs> so you can check out that. Excellent. Oh, and there's also some cats from time to oh, time. Oh, yes. Ac- Just one cat. It's Cleo always Cleo. Pictures. Very big, big win on that end. Yes. Um, yeah, well, well right. Cyan, thank you so much for joining us and having yeah, laughing along with fun. us, getting a little... A little smarter. Second time I made that joke in the last five minutes. Uh, yes. We'll, we'll be back in another two weeks with another episode. Uh, but until then, give give Cleo some pets from all of us. Uh, oh, we will. All the listeners. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you She'll guys. She'll get some extra treats. Oh, oh, excellent. For her cameo. Yes. Wonderful. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Movies Jack. Adios. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on September 27th with another episode, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. And for more from our guest, Cyan, check out the links to her foodstagram in the show notes below.